this is Janoa. This is Yusuf. And this is In Flight Entertainment. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, so we figure the month, the, uh, the Indigenous Indigenous People Month or Indigenous Heritage Month, however we want to call it, we got to hit you guys with all of the movies that involve the story of Indigenous people and their contributions to American history. Yes. So this week, we're actually focusing on the Chickasaw tribe. Uh, it's all about uh, their contributions to to some of American history. And I, I didn't realize this when I suggested the two movies. They were both suggested to me by, ne- by Netflix. Uh, <laughs> but both of them are directed by the same dude. So mm. it is the uh, Nathan Frank- Frankowski. Frankowski, yeah. Week. <laughs> it's a, it's a slash Nathan Frankowski week. Yeah, we should totally tag him. Like, hey, we dedicated a week to you, man. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I, I I went down, I went and did a bunch of searching for him online because I was fascinated with this Canadian man who's uh basically gone to Oklahoma and done a bunch of indigenous films, and there's like he has zero social media presence. There's nothing online about him. <laughs> oh man. Just did his movies and poof, disappeared. Exactly. Yes. So what movie what movie are we uh reviewing of his today? So today we are doing uh Muntford, the Chickasaw Rancher. Mm-hmm. Uh and what is the IMDB description of this particular movie? This one is a remarkable story inspired the life of renowned Chickasaw cattleman, Munford T. Johnson, a man who overcame great hardships to establish a ranching empire along the famous cattle highway of the American West, the Chisholm Trail. Yes. Uh, and the movie stars Martin Sensmayer. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, all right, cool, cool. Uh, as Monfort uh, T. Johnson, and we have the always villainous Tammy Flanagan. He's probably seen him in a lot of movies. The scarred face guy. Uh, we have Denim Richards, uh, Mackenzie Austin, uh, Grace Monty, Takanka Means. Uh, <laughs> James Landry Herbert and the Dermot Mulroney. Yes. Uh, so Martin Seismeyer plays Monfort T. Johnson. Um, and we meet, like, the movie starts out with some voiceovers so that we, we get an understanding of who he is as a human. We find out that his mother was Chickasaw and that his father was, um, an Englishman and, or a white dude, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, it's just off what you were saying, and uh, that's where the, uh, the Dermot Mar- Maroney character comes in as uh, Bogey Johnson, which is which was uh, Mon- Monford's long lost dad. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and we really don't see him all that much. Um, for the first, I would say, first half of the movie, his character doesn't come in till really. Maybe it's the last third, the last act. Um, 
And so we just always see like the silhouette or the shadow of a man. Um, and if you're like me, you go search on IMDb to find out who that is. And you're surprised that that's Dermot Moroni. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, he's aged a little bit. I mean, that's acceptable. He's <laughs> probably in his 50s. Um, but so after we get a little bit of the voiceover of um, Montford's childhood, that he and his his mother and father and his sibling, his sister um, walked the Trail of Tears. If you don't know what that is, go Google it and learn some American history. Mm-hmm. Um, and ended up in Indian territory, um, which ultimately became the state of Oklahoma. But before it was Oklahoma, it was called Indian territory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those uh, things that when you read, like when you watch the movie and then, you know, in text, it tells you, oh, now Oklahoma's like, oh, right. Yeah, it wasn't always Oklahoma. Well, so there was actually a case that went to the Supreme Court last summer um, that was all about like which law, which legal system in Oklahoma can can prosecute someone, whether it was um, the Indian, the, the native tribes, tribes there or the Oklahoma government. And Oklahoma lost that case in the Supreme Court. And the the biggest issue, the big concern that they were having with that case was that if Oklahoma lost, then there could be the possibility that all the native tribes in Oklahoma could then sue the state to get all of their territories back. And it would basically be the like 90 percent of the state of Oklahoma was originally um, land given to all the indigenous tribes that were forced there. Mm-hmm. And then in the uh, late 1800s, um, all of that land was taken away from them and made into the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I said, this, this country has a very twisty attorney uh, <laughs> legacy. <laughs> We're very good at stealing things. Let's just say that. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of stealing, uh, so the pretty much the 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 thing that Mont Montford was uh, up against was you know well there were uh, soldiers um, who were you know just trying to. Uh, still kind of like stake their claim and kind of, you know, do, do their own thing and stealing, still the whole theme of stealing, <laughs> uh, taking their cattle and, uh, taking their. Right. Well, because during the Civil War, uh, the Union had a rule that if they needed like land, or food, or any like anything that they needed in order to fight the battle, then they could, you know, take it from people. So we find out that what the Union soldiers are doing here in Indian Territory, and I'm saying Indian Territory because that's what that's what it was called at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the land land that it was called. Right. Um, was 
um, it was easier to take from the natives than it would be to go take from a, a white man. And so they were constantly stripping all of the, the natives in the, in the Oklahoma area of their cattle, of their property, of their food, um, in order to feed the Union soldiers. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, Montford seeing injustice was the one that was pretty much speaking out against it. And going to the union general, like, hey, you know, this isn't right. Um, you know, they're you know, they're taking our livelihood. You know, this is this is this belongs to us. And so, most for the most part, pretty much all the time, it falls on deaf ears. So, Mufford decided to take you know matters into his own hands to you know to preserve his well being and his property, you know, and his uh, livestock. Yeah. So what they what they realized was that <clears throat> a lot of the cows had been escaping and going hiding up in the hills and the woods and uh, procreating, mm-hmm. making baby baby cows. And none of those baby cows had any brands on them. So Munford and his freed man, played by Denim Richards. <clears throat> Uh, would go up into the hills and capture the cattle in order to bring them down. And he would sell them to some of the other um, Chickasaw ranch holders or people that needed cows. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes he would give them to other folks that needed them. But he ended up with a giant herd of cattle. Yeah. Yeah. So and so he was a, in a roundabout way, he was building, you know, his own enterprise, so to speak. Uh, and now there's a so at this point, the stories uh, we are introduced to were there were they kind of were there marauders or like I, I try to figure out exactly what would they be? So they were they were not marauders. Um while all of this is happening, so this is, you know, 1850s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. uh, Texas became a state in 1850-something, uh, or no, it, beca- it became an independent country in the 1850s and then became a state in like the late 1850s, um, but it was constantly being in quote unquote invaded by people from Mexico. And then also there was lots of indigenous people in Texas that the white settlers um, and the government of Texas were encouraging people to, to murder and they would get money for each scalp that they brought in Mm -hmm. uh, of clearing the land of indigenous folks. And so they had basically the 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 bad guys that we meet in in the Montford story are some of these murderers, psychopaths that were running rampant in Texas. They ran off indigenous folks to kill there, so they moved up into Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they make a pact with you know some union, well, some union soldiers, you know, mm-hmm. to. You know, go in and squeeze out Mumford and, and his uh, family and try to like flat out kill them, uh, which is pretty bald. Well, I mean, back in the day, I guess they were like, yeah, well, let's just do it. I mean, it's not like it's going to be any repercussions to us. Uh, 
So, yeah, so now you have Muffa going against, you know, these Union soldiers and these crazies that, you know, were, you know, uh, taking out, you know, the indigenous people of the land. Uh, so, yeah, so it, it was a lot that he had to uh, fight through, you know, just to, just to maintain what's rightfully his. I think that's the whole thing about this story. It's like, like, he's going through all it is. Just to keep what's right for the years. Yeah. They were his cattle. Yeah. Uh, it was his land. It was uh, just. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, I think that's the infuriating thing about like the whole story. It's like, okay. Yeah. Instead of just acknowledging that this man. You know, have property, have livestock, have land. It's rightfully his. Let's let's move on. Let's leave him alone. But nah, <laughs> nah, we want it. Even if we have to kill you and your family, we we just take it. Right. Well, it's you know the white man in this country. I mean, I would say even to till to today, continues to view people of color, um, including the indigenous peoples of America uh, of less than human. And so, you know, if you view something, someone as less than human, then you feel have no guilt in taking their land, their property and their lives. Exactly. And yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. It's like how you perceive, you know, a human being, like, like you said, if you perceive a person as a person, and then yeah, you would have the you would just have that general attitude like oh well I mean I could do whatever I want I mean I don't consider this person a person anyway so yeah but yeah uh, okay so a, a little a little I, I dug up a little bit like family background on actual Mumford Johnson okay so we're talking about the father right okay so Mumford Johnson's father Charles Bogie Johnson uh, this is interesting. Uh, was an English Shakespearean actor. Uh, so Charles came to the United States with his brother when he was 19 uh, and traveled to the South with a theater company. Uh, Charles married a Chickasaw citizen, Rebecca County Johnson, um, Mumford's mother. Uh, she was half Chickasaw, half, oh, really, and half Scottish. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, after marrying, Rebecca and Charles migrated uh, with the Chickasaws to Indian Territory, which is where the movie takes place today. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he was a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> yeah. His his character was sort of, I mean, so he ends up abandoning his family uh, and he never really says why he abandoned them. Um and Munford and his sister were raised by their grandmother, <clears throat> their mm-hmm. maternal grandmother. Um, but he does come back into their life, at least in the movie. We, I don't know. I couldn't find whether or not that really happened in in real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it don't really go into detail far like far as how when when Charles came back into his life, like, you know, actual uh, timeline of it. Uh, but I, there, there, there's a really good scene in this movie 
uh, where you know Charles come back and like they have it's like the they have everyone have this awkward kind of family dinner again with the you know with the dad now and you know a Charles kind of talking about like his stories and his journeys stuff like that and of course mother is like not having it not hearing it <laughs> and just totally just kind of shits on him, you know, uh, Charles, you know, just for kind of like having the audacity, one, for being at his dinner table, and two, pretending like everything's okay when they haven't reconciled anything yet. So I thought that was a pretty <laughs> pretty good scene, like just kind of just showing how much Marvel just like have this disdain for this estranged father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to like... I mean, so Munford in the movie, we see that he eventually collects over 1,500 head of cattle uh, and he wants to sell them. So he has to take them on a cattle drive from basically the Oklahoma area down to Arkansas. And, and that's a, a few hundred miles. Uh, but he, when he comes back from that, he finds out that a lot of the um, men in the tribe have been taken to jail because they're viewed as insurgents basically. Mm-hmm. And maybe my favorite scene in this movie was um, everyone, like he goes into to the base to, to the union fort to go talk to them saying that this is unfair. They've done nothing. They need to be there to help with the families and the, and the, generals and everyone are just like there's nothing we can do they're criminals and i don't know like it was a very small line but there's this guy walking down the port the sidewalk and everyone's like hi george hi general custer and as montford walks by he goes um someday like he says something like someday you're gonna get what's coming to you because Custer had just come back from massacring a bunch of Native Americans. And um, for those don't, that don't know, Custer was, he, he died at Little Bighorn uh, Battle in 1876. Mm, yeah. So I just, like, when that little scene happened, it was like a split second. And if you weren't paying attention, mm. you would have missed the... <laughs> A little jab at Custer. Oh yeah, it was it was a it was a good one at that. <laughs> yeah, as with all movies, that's based off of you know uh, historical character, historical uh, people and events. Got to have a third. I got to kind of ha- have everything come to this crescendo, so to speak. And this third third act in this particular movie takes place with um I think the the. the the jail catches on fire. Wait, wait, what? Something? Uh, what? Which bill? Is it the jail that catches on fire, or is it one of the her people's? Uh, yeah. So, so I mentioned all of the the men of the tribe had been taken to prison. Uh, the prison was actually down in Florida. Mm-hmm. So Munford, his son, and his father get on a train to go to Florida f- to free them. And while they're there, some of the townsfolk's their houses catch on fire. And in order to help put it out, they free, they, they let the indigenous peoples out of jail to help move the water, uh, to put out all of the fire. But then they're asked to go back to their jails after they've helped save the town. Um, 
And I, I couldn't find anything to see if that actually happened. Um, so in real life, there were like 20 or 30 men from the Chickasaw tribe that were taken to prison and sent down to Florida. And then after a year or so, they were released um, and sent back to their families. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, with this, with this, you know, with this third act, of course, you gotta have all your all your characters collide, so to speak. So you have, you know, the the horrible uh union soldier that's been trying to kill Mumford since frame one. Um, you know, lock, locks Mumford, you know, Lewis Mumford into one of the rooms uh, in this burning building and locks him in uh so he can burn to death. But uh, Charles, Muffer's father, comes to the rescue and finally redeems himself as a father by saving his son. A little, a little bit of nice drama for the movie. We don't, we don't know if that actually happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hey, you know, it's it's a movie. You gotta have, you gotta have some arc, you know, some dramatic character. Uh, so yeah. yeah. Oh, so actually, in real life. Uh, so, uh, the buffer for his death. Uh, so, uh, Montford suffered from poor health, uh, for many years, including malaria. Uh, he made several trips to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and took various medicines to try to alleviate some of the ailments. In the winter of 1895, 1896, uh, Montford suffered numerous ailments at once and after being bedridden for several months died on Monday, February 17, 1896. So that's that's what happened to him. Yes. And I mean... He was an amazing rancher. I mean, the fact that he overcame so many obstacles um, was extremely impressive. But he was also a world class rancher. He he grew his his network, his world, his yeah, his enterprise, his <laughs> enterprise. Thank you. Um, to be like six different ranches or something. I mean, it was gigantic. Mm. He was inducted into the like ranching hall of fame in the two thousands. Um, so I think last week we talked about, um, the African American guy who is famous for rodeos. Rodeos, Now we're, we're here, um, talking about Munford who really changed ranching. And I think it's, so sad that in American history that we we don't honor all these people that have contributed to our history because of the color of their skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to change that real quick. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's what is it? What they call it? What they call it now? Like to like kind of teach real history, like oh, critical race. race yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I have a problem with that like that title right there because it's like you try to separate it's like you try to specify like critical race and no that's american like american history like stuff like why we call it critical race no it is straight up american history you know the the legacy of you know 
white supremacy and the pillaging and you know takeover of minorities in this country being Native Americans, uh, African American things like that is American history. I just don't understand that whole critical race thing. Like, I, what is that? That's you know we're talking about American history, right? So it's American history. Like, why are we trying to like zoom that into a specific lens? It's critical race theory. Like, no, it's American history. Like, racism is American as apple pie. And the sooner we acknowledge that, <laughs> the sooner we can get over this shit. But anyway, I'm sorry. Let me, let me, let me land that rant plane a little bit. <laughs> anyway, so our review, our uh, rating go as follows. Uh, Asshole on the couch uh, is a good viewing. Um, uh, putting your shoes on, kind of play going outside. It's middle of the road. Uh, you may watch it. You may not. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and the worst of the three is I'd rather go outside, get sneezed on and bit by COVID laced turkeys than uh, stay and watch this movie. It's sit on the sofa for me. I found it fascinating. Um, I also watched this first and then I watched um, our Thursday movie. And so for me, it was it was like a continuation of the history of the Chickasaw tribe. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma between the t- those two, so I would recommend doing that. But yeah, I, I found it very it was entertaining and informative. And I went on the uh, Chickasaw website and learned a whole bunch about Munford and and Oklahoma history. Exactly. Yeah, same here. And I'm with you. Like this movie is very yeah, it's very entertaining. It, you know, is it 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 put a it's in a nice capsule of you know like Buffer's like life and it gives people like a nice entry point into looking into his actual life um yeah even though like movies are based off of a true story things like that like I always tell people like yeah watch the movie just so you get an idea but like dig into like these people like actual you know lives and the like the actual factual contributions that they they made and that's what i really like about this movie because it had me like oh well let me let me look into him a little more like you know because you know you, you can't rely on a movie to be like oh yeah these are things that happen and of course they have to kind of fuse things and you know put things together you know for dramatic purposes because it's a movie at the end of the day but I always tell people, make these movies a springboard into looking into their actual lives and what they actually have done. Uh, and I think this movie serves a good, you know, springboard for that. Uh, and I definitely give it a butt down. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's, I think the movie is only an hour and 45, so it moves very quickly. Um, it is very entertaining, and you're learning about a part of American history that that is, I'm guaranteed, not not taught in any class. So that's always that's always nice. Exactly. So there you have it, guys. Once per, uh, we definitely recommend it. Uh, yeah, get, yeah, get 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 your history on him. He's uh, he was definitely a person that you know we need to know. Um, you, know, probably, you know, ranching and just American history in general. And we will uh, see you guys Thursday with another uh, historic American figure. Until uh, then, we wish everyone safe, physical distancing, and uh, get those booster shots and keep wearing your mask. Yeah.
Yes. Yes.